the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We're going to return to Hebrews today, and we have made it all the way to the third chapter. We're going to be uh, looking at verses 1 through 6. And in these verses, the Spirit of God will be pointing to the superiority of Christ over Moses. Now, because most of us are Gentiles and have a limited understanding of Judaism, that doesn't seem like an overly important point. But to the Jews of that day, it was quite a statement. In chapter 1, Christ is declared as superior to every created thing, and he is a creator of all things and the sole expression of the glory of God and upholds all things by the word of his power. In chapter 2, he shows that Jesus is superior to the angels because you will remember that the angels were held in high regard by the Jewish people. And he shows that Jesus is superior to the angels. And then in chapter 3, he will declare that Jesus is superior to Moses. Now, That's quite a statement when you consider who Moses is and what God has done through Moses. Moses was considered the spokesman for God. He was the architect of the Levitical system. He was considered by many Jews to be greater than the angels. His life was miraculous from beginning to end. He was rescued by the hand of God as a baby, and the hand of God dug his grave when he finished. He spoke directly to God. And we have a story in Numbers chapter 12 where Aaron and Miriam had been critical of Moses because he had married a Cushite woman. And they said, has the Lord really spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken also through us? And the Lord heard him. And the Lord said, I want to speak to you guys at the tent of meeting. So all three of you come. I would have been a little bit anxious about that. And when they got there, God says to them, Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known to him in a vision. And I will speak to him in a dream. But it is not so with my servant Moses. He is entrusted and faithful in all my house. With him I speak mouth to mouth directly, clearly and openly, and not in riddles. 
and he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against Moses, my servant Moses? It was at that point Miriam was struck with leprosy. And Aaron pleaded with God and then with Moses. And Moses then pleaded with God. And in six days she was healed. God spoke to the prophets through visions. But to Moses he spoke directly. Moses was allowed to see the glory of God. Moses penned the law. He not only brought the Ten Commandments to the Jewish people, but also the Pentateuch, in which are written the Levitical laws and the laws by which the Jewish people were governed. It was Moses who led the children of Israel out of Egypt and through the wilderness. It was to Moses that God gave the plan for the building of the Ark of the Covenant and the tabernacle. So you can begin to understand why the Jewish people held him in such high regard and why it was important for the Spirit of God to show the superiority of Jesus over Moses to this Hebrew group of Christians. So let's begin by reading our text, and you will please stand with me while we read. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, thoughtfully and attentively consider the apostle and high priest whom we confess as ours when we accepted him as Savior, namely Jesus. He was faithful to him who appointed him, apostle and high priest, as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. Yet Jesus has been considered worthy of much greater glory and honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in the administration of all God's house, but only as a ministering servant. His ministry serving as testimony of things which were to be spoken afterward the revelation to come in Christ. But Christ is faithful as a son over his father's house. We are his house if we hold fast our confidence and sense of triumph in our hope in Christ. In verse 1 of chapter 3, he begins with the word, therefore. And as you have learned, or you should have learned, we always look at that and say, what's the therefore, therefore? It's a reference to something he has already said. What has he already said about Jesus? What has the author said regarding Jesus prior to verse 1? Well, we remember Jesus, he told us Jesus was made a little lower than the angels for a time. He is the captain of our salvation. He is our sanctifier. He has defeated and subjected the devil, his minions, and death. He calls us brethren. He is the sent one of God, the apostle and our representative before God. He is our high priest. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, thoughtfully and attentively consider the apostle and high priest whom we confessed as ours when we accepted him as Savior, namely Jesus. So, who is the author addressing? Well, We have already said that Hebrews really addresses three groups of people, three different groups. Number one and foremost, the Hebrew believers, those who had accepted Jesus as both Messiah and Savior. 
And then those who had intellectually accepted that Jesus was the Messiah, but had not accepted him as Savior. And then those who are just blatantly lost and are tending for other reasons, maybe family, a variety of reasons. So the author makes it clear. He is addressing holy or consecrated brethren who share in the heavenly calling, saints, which the Amplified interprets for us as those who have accepted Jesus as Savior. Now, look at what he calls them to do. Consider the apostle and high priest whom we confessed as ours when we accepted him as Savior, namely Jesus. Why must this be said? Well, obviously because they had not fully considered the truth of their relationship with Jesus. I think we can all be guilty of that. One of the reasons that they were being led off One of the reasons that they were so easily deserting their faith was that they had not taken the time, not just the time, but literally the life, because that's what we're talking about, to consider Jesus. The Greek word here that's translated consider is the word katanoeo, and it means more than a casual acknowledgement. It means to extend all your mental energies toward, to set your gaze upon, to focus intently on Jesus. Now there is a calling here to the Christian to make Jesus more than a profession of faith. It is to make him the focus of your life. And one theologian made the observation that there has never been a more devoted and passionate Christian than the Apostle Paul. There has never been a Christian more determined in his faith than the Apostle Paul. Yet, this Apostle, who walked so closely to the revelation of Christ, to the presence of Christ, to Christ in him, who literally articulated the new covenant and pinned it for the Spirit of God, writes his own prayer in Philippians 3.10 and 11, which I've read for you so many times, you should have it memorized even though I have trouble with it. And that is that I may know him. That's Paul's desire. Well, you would think if anybody knew him, Paul would. But he says, oh, that I may know him. It's my determined purpose to know him. And we talk about this all the time. And the reason we do that is because that is your created purpose, Christian. I know Religion likes to attach a lot of purpose to your lives because they can keep you motivated and involved. And yes, there are a lot of things that we could be doing and should be doing as Christians. But in reality, the top of the list, God doesn't need us to do any of those things. He created us for relationship. He created us for intimacy And that is why it's the number one priority for Paul and should be the number one priority for us. That I may know him. The world is full of trouble. The body is born in weakness and it returns to weakness. Why? So that you may consider Jesus. So many Christians today are living day to day and have very little appetite for the things of God. And the call to the Hebrew Christians is the call to all Christians. 
Yes, the author is telling them, asking them to think about Jesus as God sent one, the apostle, and our representative, the high priest. But the word consider is not just about a passing study. It is a call to know him. Do you know him? Not just as Savior, but as your intimate friend and Lord. Do you enjoy being with him? Do you really? Do you spend your day communing with him? Is prayer a loving embrace or a hurried duty? Is going to the assembly of the saints, the church, a pleasure for you or just an occasional effort? Is your worship spiritual and honest or perfunctory and distracted? You may have heard me ask all these questions before, and I'm quite sure that I have. And it could be that your response is, well, you know, I don't live in a cave and I get... You know, I've got a lot of things to do, so I've got a lot of things to focus on. And there's so many distractions. And I understand how that would be your thought. But I ask you, here's the question. Does the prospect of growing in intimacy with Jesus excite you? Does it? If you're not excited about your relationship with Jesus, if your union with him isn't more than a theological understanding, then you have not considered Jesus. Considering Jesus is a determined focus upon him. It is considering his superiority to everything else that would require your attention. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. Looking away from all that will distract us. And focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of faith, the first incentive of our belief, and the one who brings our faith to maturity. Now, I want to talk about that real quickly. A lot of people or a lot of Christians are frustrated because they haven't gotten any further along in their Christian maturation from their point of view. And they haven't grown in faith from their point of view. And they feel distant. Well, a lot of this is, is the condition of the soul. And the soul is in that condition because they have not made a priority of putting Jesus at the center of their living. He's not the context of their life. The first time you sit down with the Word of God and you begin to read it and you get distracted and, and suddenly you're not really reading and it's just words going through your mouth or your head... You think, oh, well, it's useless. But what we see here in this word, consider, is somebody who tenaciously holds on to the focus of Christ and will not be deterred by the distraction of the soul, will not be deterred by the interruptions of the flesh, but literally will give himself or herself to the knowing of Jesus. That is what we're seeing here. For who, for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him, endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. He has revealed all of that. We do not have the obstacles we think we have. It is our weak faith that makes them so. Now let's look at the two titles that he gives, the author gives Jesus. He calls him the apostle and our high priest. Now these are two titles fulfilled by Jesus, but only one of them was truly fulfilled by Moses. And that is the role of an apostle. Moses was sent of God, a messenger. 
But Aaron was the high priest. Apostolos means sent from God. It can also mean an ambassador, one who comes with the authority of the one who sent him. He speaks the words of the one who sent him with the message, without additions or subtractions. He is the appointed representative of the sender. Jesus said in John 14.10, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not say on my own initiative or authority, but the Father abiding continually in me does his work, attesting miracles and acts of power. Listen, do you think that Jesus at every turn had to say, Father, just make sure you say something here. Father, I want to make sure that you speak. Father, I want to make sure that it's your words. Or do you believe that Jesus walked in the confidence of faith that Father had brought him forward and Father will sustain him in truth and Father is the one who will fulfill his will through the abiding and yielded life of the Son? Do you think he believed that? Well, that's the truth of us. But... The enemy makes it so insecure and schizophrenic because we believe his lies. So we pray panic prayers. Go, Lord, I sure hope you speak. Lord, I sure hope you're in this place. Lord, I sure hope you minister through me. Lord, I sure hope. You know what? If you're yielded in faith, the very presence of Christ through his spirit indwells you. The ministry of Christ will flow. The problem is that so many of us So much of the time, stay distracted from that presence, so we have no confidence in it. And therein is the question, have you considered Jesus? The author names Jesus as our high priest, the one who is chiefly responsible for our atonement and our representative before God. He is both God and man. He is our righteousness and has made a place for us before the throne to abide in the love of God. If Christ is both the sent one of God and our high priest, then you think you ought to consider him? You should spend your life in a determined focus upon him. Verse 2. He was faithful to him who appointed him apostle and high priest, as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. He was faithful. Pistos is the Greek word there, and it means one who can be trusted to fulfill his responsibility, one who has proven his faithfulness, one who has an unwavering sense of duty. Jesus was faithful to the will of God, to the will of the Father. Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 38, he said, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Do you know that's the purpose of you? And you know why God is so intent on you doing his will? Living out his will? It's because you can't know him any other way. Because revelation comes from the inside out, not from the outside in. Revelation comes from our obedience. It's our nurture. Jesus even said it himself. The brand I have is obedience. The nurture I have is doing the will of the Father. It's not any different for us. We are not called to specific areas of obedience and we live our life in between. 
Obedience is daily, moment by moment, yieldedness in obedience to the call of God. But if you are distracted with yourself and the world, you're not listening for the call of God. You're not yielded to the call of God. In John 17, 4, Jesus is speaking to the Father and he says, I have glorified you down here on the earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. That was his purpose. Let me say this. Faithfulness is not truly a human attribute. We are never truly faithful in the flesh or in our humanity because while we may not waver in our determination to do our duty, we can waver in our attitude towards our duty. We can also be restrained or prevented from doing our duty, right? The will of God cannot be prevented. Understand that. The will of God cannot be prevented. To be faithful is an unwavering devotion to His will, knowing that His will is supernaturally worked out in you. In other words, I don't have to know His will. That's a big thing going on in Christian circles, to know the will of God. Listen, it doesn't require faith to act on what you know. Abraham went and he knew not. But yielding his life to the one who did, that's exactly what Jesus did. Do you think Jesus knew at every turn what Father was going to do? Well, he even says so in his word that he doesn't know. He didn't know. He had so yielded his life to Father. Father was completely free to either reveal or not to reveal. Jesus did not walk in the revelation of God's will. He walked in faith towards God. There's a difference. If your faith is based on what you know, then it's not faith at all. And listen, faithfulness is a surrender, a yieldedness, a a complete abandonment to the working will of God in you. That's what it is. I can be faithful because I know that God has a complete plan for my life. As long as I'm yielded to him, I will actively participate in the truth of that plan. But if I'm not yielded to him, I will fight through the whole thing. I will complain about where he's led me or left me. I will complain about the circumstances in my life. What happened in everything give thanks? Why? Because this is the will of God concerning you? Why? Because he wants you to walk in faith and confidence in him. And you say, well, I think the will of God is for me to become wealthy. Are you wealthy? No. Well, it may not be the will of God for you. Because the will of God cannot be prevented. Listen, I'm yielded to whatever God wants to do in my life. I don't know what that is. I know what it is right now. But I could go out there and get hit by a Mack truck and leave. I don't know. But I'm yielded to that. I don't want it, but I'm yielded to it. Being faithful is being yielded to the will of God. Not knowing the will of God. Not determining to do what you know but yielded to what God's going to do. So, Moses was faithful to the will of God, but not without failure. There were times in the weakness of the flesh that he faltered, yet it was the supernatural work of God 
that held Moses to his task and brought about God's will. It wasn't Moses' determination. It wasn't Moses' good luck. It wasn't Moses' favor with certain individuals. It wasn't Moses' fine art of manipulation. It wasn't Moses' ability to change his circumstances or quick thinking on his feet. It was God. And as long as Moses was able to yield to the will of God and to the plan of God, Moses was in the middle of it, rejoicing, honoring God in the midst of it. Do you really think that Moses knew that he was going to be headed into the wilderness? He didn't know where he was going. He didn't understand all that God was going to do. And they certainly didn't have a clue as to what was going on in Canaan. That was a surprise to all of them. It wasn't Moses that accomplished the will of God. It was God who accomplished the will of God. And it was Moses who yielded to it. So therefore, Moses is counted as faithful. And Moses got to experience the glory and the wonder of the presence of God. He was faithful The author makes the point that Moses was faithful in God's house. Now, the word for house there is oikos, and it means habitation. The emphasis being upon the inhabitants rather than the structure they are gathered in, like the church, the ecclesia, is not about the building. It is reverencing God's household. And who is that? It's the children of God. It's the children of God, the believers. Moses was faithful to fulfill the will of God concerning those who had and would believe. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.